The Midwest Crime Files is a true crimes podcast. In it, we discuss heinous crimes and how they are committed. Viewer discretion is advised. Welcome to the Midwest Crime Files. I'm your host, Gina. And I'm Chris. We're here to tell you the stories of small towns and the heinous crimes that changed them forever. Episode 19. Yes, yeah, second to last episode of season four. I can't even believe. I can't really believe we've done almost 80 episodes. Yeah. Or 80 stories. I mean, regular ones. That's not even the Patreon. Right. There's probably 20-ish of those. Um, so this week's story is called Double Life, Double Wife. The Murder of Molly Watson. Sounds like an interesting title. Yes. So, on August 27th, 2018, a man traveling down a rural country road in Monroe County, Missouri, discovered a car stopped on the side of the road. Next to the car was the lifeless body of a young woman. The man could tell there was no life left in this woman, but he followed 911 operator's instructions anyway and performed CPR until first responders arrived and confirmed what he already knew. The woman was dead. Have you ever had to do CPR on somebody that you knew was passed? I'm a nurse, yes. Like, it's just the most surreal feeling. Like, you're like, God. And I know that's where, like, the term slow code comes from. Well, in our case, it wasn't that it was a slow code, but... This was in a nursing home setting, and yeah, no, I I understand it. He had he had been gone a minute. Let's just, just put it that way. It just feels creepy. He doing probably it. passed after the last bed check, and then two hours later, we found him. Oh shit! Because he he had been gone a minute. Yeah, yeah. Thirty-five-year-old Molly Watson was declared dead two days before her wedding day. That's a kick in the pants. Right? Molly's death would unravel seven years of twisted truths and outright lies, shocking the rural Missouri community. Molly Nicole Watson was born December 15th, 1982 in Moberly, Missouri, to Timothy and Sandra Watson. She was raised with her brother, Tim. Molly was an excellent student in school excelling in academics. According to one of her YouTube videos, she struggled with Asperger's syndrome, but was considerably high functioning. I mean, she did well in school. She was able to function as a normal, you know, adult. And that, like, the Asperger's syndrome is on the autism spectrum, correct? Autism, yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, She had a college education focused on computers, education, and psychology. In fact, um, from what I was reading and looking at in some of her YouTube videos, I believe that she had like a bachelor's in education or computers. I can't remember. Um, And then a master's in one of the other ones and was working on a doctorate in psychology. Seems like she had everything put together. Right. Molly loved to sing, make costumes, and make videos on YouTube. She was a loving person who was adored by many. 
Molly had been married once before, but that marriage ended in divorce. And during her divorce proceeding, she learned that she was pregnant. Like, God, <laughs> that's got to be just like I did. I, all I want to do is just be done with you. But now I know I'm going to have a whole lifetime of still having to deal with you. <laughs> um, Molly decided to keep her baby and she gave birth to a son who was her whole world. Following her first marriage, she was in a relationship with a childhood friend named Amber for about five years. While living with Amber, Molly started a new job at Moberly Area Correctional Center. There, Molly met an older corrections officer named James Addy. And for Molly, it was love at first sight. The two began to see each other in 2011, causing the end of her relationship with Amber. Well, the heart wants what the heart wants, you know. James Addy was 15 years older than Molly and had been married multiple times. He explained to Molly that he and his most recent wife, Melanie, were in the process of a divorce. Once the divorce was finalized, he wanted to live happily ever after with Molly. And Molly was totally in love and felt the exact same way. So the two actually dated for seven years, starting in 2011. That's nice. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad there's people out there that like, that see past a man having more than one ex-wife. Or else I would never luckily have another. for you. Luckily for me, Gina saw the good in me and now I have a, another wife. Your last wife. Still pending. Uh, No. <laughs> Only way out's in a box, my friend. I know. <laughs> Remember, guys, if I mysteriously go missing, it's Gina Glob is the one that you need to look for. Mm-hmm. So... Molly and James, they went on vacations to Mexico and Disney World, and they planned their future together. Molly felt like she had finally found her soulmate. She was ready to spend the rest of her life with Jim. Despite Molly's overwhelming feelings for Jim, though, her family wasn't too keen on him. Very apprehensive. In fact, her brother said, quote, He could never look you in the eye. He could never talk to you directly. Everything was very evasive with him. He put off that bad vibes to everybody. End quote. So it wasn't an age thing. It was a gym thing. Yeah. There's something about him rubbed her family the wrong way. They just were not fans. Gotcha. Molly's parents and brothers, um, they had their doubts and it really bothered them because it seemed like Molly was always paying for everything. Um, you know, like everything, their trips to Mexico, their trips to Disney world. She was picking up all the tabs. The two did not live together, but Molly was planning to spend the rest of her life with Jim. In 2018, Molly and Jim became engaged after seven years of dating and they decided to get married on April 29th, 2018. Molly was so excited and she planned a Disney-themed wedding in which she imagined marrying her Prince Charming. Like, have you seen those weddings that are, like, Disney-themed? Yes. They're usually really over the top. They are so over the top. 
Molly made videos as she tried on gorgeous ball gowns and chose her wedding gown. She ended up buying two dresses, actually, because she couldn't decide. Well, I mean, <laughs> the heart if, wants if what the heart... If you can afford it. If you, yeah, if you can afford two expensive-ass ball gowns, then go right on ahead. Like, she was very, very, very excited. Um, and then they they also said, like, her whole wedding plan, she was doing, like, a burgundy and gold theme that was kind of, like, renaissance And... That's what Molly wanted. She wanted this big, beautiful Disney renaissance wedding. And she said it was going to be the best day ever per her wedding planner. That sounds kind of cool, actually. Like a renaissance-themed wedding. Yeah. Renaissance Disney. Not the Disney part. <laughs> just the renaissance part. A few weeks before the wedding, Molly instructed the wedding planner that they would have to reduce the guest list. She told her family that Jim's ex-wife, Melanie, had been in a horrible car accident and was on life support. She said that Jim and his children, a son and daughter, were going through an immensely difficult process of deciding whether or not to remove life support on Melanie. Just weeks before their wedding, Jim said they chose to remove life support and he had to spend some time with his children and kind of pulled away from the wedding planning. That's understandable, though. Yeah. You know, like... If your children lost their mother, that would be reasonable. Right. Molly's brother, who never liked Jim, though, was very suspicious. He pointed out to Molly that she could go online and look up divorce records. Like in Illinois, we do judici, and they have something similar in Missouri. And when he went on to look up the divorce records between James and Melanie Addy, there was no record of a divorce. Ooh. Yeah. Molly, however, was moving boxes of her things into Jim's attic so she and her son could move in with him right after the wedding. The week of their wedding, Jim and Molly went to get their marriage license. According to the county recorder, quote, Jim seemed perturbed when he asked if he had ever been married before and how the marriage ended, end quote. He basically said to the county clerk, why do you need to know that? Uh, we need to know just so we know that you're not married in other states. Right. Jim signed an affidavit that he was legally able to marry, meaning that he was not married to anyone else, as did Molly, and their marriage license was granted. Which is weird. We have national registries for all, every other damn thing. All you got to do is sign a piece of paper. You know, but, you know, what, you know, marriage licenses. Oh, no, we're just going to keep this a state by state basis. Right. So two days after they obtained their marriage license, Molly was dead. On April 27th, 2018, Jim's daughter remembers him coming home late in the evening. She said everything felt normal. Nothing out of sorts. Her dad said he had been to see a friend, and she had no reason to be suspicious. She hugged her father and kissed him goodnight, and then she went to bed. The next morning, the police were at James Addy's door, and the secrets he kept would soon no longer be secrets. Molly's body was found by her vehicle on a remote road on April 27th, two days before the wedding to Jim. Police found her engagement ring still on her finger. 
So robbery was not looking like a probable motive. Yeah, that- I mean, it was a... A honking ring? Yeah, it was a nice one. They also found belongings in Molly's car that identified her, including her marriage license to James Addy. As in most cases, the significant other is always looked at as a suspect, and so this was no different. They actually just went to Jim's house to notify him that his fiance was killed. Um, Molly had been shot in the back of the head, and the autopsy revealed that the gun was actually pressed against the back of her head when she was killed. Oh, that sucks. Mm-hmm. So it's mob-style hit. When police knocked on Jim Addy's known address, a woman answered the door. Police were surprised when she identified herself as Melanie Addy, Jim's wife of 23 years. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, this man who is supposed to be married to another woman in two days is not divorced. Melanie Addy is not dead. Yeah, apparently she wasn't on life support. And living in the house with him. There had been no accident. He made all that up. So, is there a separate house that she was moving stuff into then? No, we're going to talk about that. So, Jim's wife of 23 years and the mother of his children. Remember how they had to reduce that guest list? Yeah. It was because the children weren't coming because they were grieving their mother. No, they weren't coming because they didn't know the daddy was getting married. Oh, fuck. Yeah. How old were his kids? Uh, Teenagers. Jesus. Melanie recalls being utterly confused when police explained to her that a woman had been killed who was engaged to her husband. She said, quote, it was just mind boggling. It made no sense at all. It didn't seem right. That was not my life. End quote. Melanie and James Addy married in 1995. Together, they had son Ben and daughter Emma. The day, I just realized something, Ben and Emma. Friends. Yeah. The day the police showed up at the Addy house, Emma was actually getting ready for prom. Jesus. Right? This is going to be a hell of a freaking bomb. Yeah. Melanie was working as a teacher's assistant while James worked as a correctional officer. She had never suspected that he was having an affair, and she said, quote, he seemed the same all the time. He would get off work at 3 p.m., and usually he would get home about 5, and I would say, why are you always late? And that would lead to an argument, and he didn't want to tell me anything. Melanie recalled her husband going to Florida on a business trip. In reality, he was with Molly at Disney World. Jesus. She also recalled him... Going with friends to Mexico. He was actually with Molly. Jim enjoyed that trip so much that he booked the exact same resort later and took his wife, Melanie. What a bastard. Right? Jesus. And that's why he, and that's why she was paying for everything. So nothing would pop up on his credit or anything. Yep. Fucking fucker. Right? After Jim was taken in for questioning, Emma woke up for her prom festivities. Emma said she could tell something was wrong. Her family members were all sitting at the kitchen table and she heard her mom whisper, how am I going to tell her this? All Melanie could tell her was that a woman had died and the police wanted to talk to her father. Since he was a corrections officer, it wasn't like totally out of the scope of possibilities that maybe he had information from his job. Like maybe he hurt inmates or something. So, you know, Emma didn't really... She didn't, it didn't, 
it didn't cause her any concern at that time. Right. I mean, probably concerned, but not overly concerned. Right. Emma's mother insisted that she get ready for prom and enjoy her night, which she did. That is a good mom. That is a very good mom. You're having your whole entire world turned upside down and you have enough forethought to make sure that your daughter can go and enjoy this once in a lifetime experience. And it not be just blown up in her face. Right. I mean, that is a good mom. I, I just, I don't know. I have a lot of respect for her. And before too long, I think like a day or so later, Emma saw a news article explaining that her father was engaged to a woman who had died, and that is how she learned the truth. That's kind of shitty. Yeah. It's never good when you hear bad news through a news outlet. Well, to make matters even worse, she had met this woman. She didn't know it was her father's mistress or fiancé, but she had met her. Emma said that Once her father had taken her um, to see this woman to design something like a t-shirt or something that Emma wanted done. And so, yeah, he had actually introduced his daughter, but, and Molly probably thought she was just meeting his daughter. She probably didn't think anything of it. After Jim was taken to the police station, Melanie began looking in the garage for anything that could explain what was happening with her husband. She came up empty-handed, but she decided she was going to go ahead and look in the attic. In there, she found boxes with Molly Watson's name on it and household belongings and photo albums that Molly thought she was moving into her future home. Jesus Christ. Right? The photo albums were filled with pictures of Jim and Molly over the past seven years, including those trips to Florida and Mexico. Fucking Christ. Right? Like, the, I mean, I'm expecting all this, you know, as, since I know, you know, the backstory that you've been telling. But, do you, like, every time, like, it's just a new holy shit moment. Right. Melanie was understandably devastated and realized immediately her marriage was over. Jim's vehicle was found to be a match to the tire impressions left at the scene of the crime. So they matched. I mean, it's not 100% conclusive. Right. Um, but, but it's enough for them to make you a, to call you a uh, person of interest. Right. It's just the same as like whenever they do like boot prints or something, you know, any kind of print that's not a fingerprint, you know, it's, yeah, it's not, it's, I would still consider it some circumstantial kind of stuff, you know, because there's plenty of people that have that same kind of tire and stuff like that. But at least this way they can start marking you as a person of interest. Hey listeners, this is Chris. Did you know that stress is the most common cause of teeth grinding? Busy professionals like Gina and I and many of you have more than our fair share of stress including parenting, work, and sometimes even true crime stories. Teeth grinding leads to lost enamel which the body cannot replace. This causes pain, infections, and other oral issues. The cost of a custom mouth guard at your dentist is typically hundreds of dollars and dental replacement procedures cost thousands. Protect your teeth now by checking out the sponsor of this episode, Smile Brilliant. 
At Smile Brilliant, a custom mouth guard costs just $45 with replacements costing $25, making protecting your teeth and avoiding large dental expenses much more affordable. Use our special promo code MWCRIME for an additional 20% off this already amazing deal. You can also go to SmileBrilliant.com and check out their amazing healthcare products including water flossers, whitening trays, gel, and electric toothbrushes. When you make your order, be sure to use promo code MWCRIME for 20% off. Take care of those teeth with Smile Brilliant. So even though that's not conclusive, it was enough for him to be arrested and charged with Molly's murder. Additional evidence included discovery of a second phone in which Jim used to communicate with Molly. I mean, I mean, it's not like it's not surprising at this point. Right. A witness had reported seeing a man parked along the side of the road with Molly before her murder. Although the witness could not positively identify Jim Addy, he was able to identify a t-shirt that was found near Molly's body with blood on it as having been worn by the man that he saw. It was a very unique t-shirt, unique so much in fact that it was actually made by Emma in one of her design classes. Oh, fuck. Jesus, Mary, and good St. Joseph. So there's no way it could have belonged to anybody, anybody else. else. Um, I thought you were going to say, and that t-shirt was found in one of the pictures that was in the, one of the photo albums. Yeah, even worse. His daughter made the damn I- thing. it to say, no, that's my dad's. I made that for him in my design class. A search for Molly's phone showed the day before her murder, she was searching for Melanie Addy's obituary. So she had, she started speculating like yep. her brother was right. Like there was no record and she started freaking like probably making sure that shit was legit. Yep. And that's your motive folks. I mean, can you imagine like your two days from getting married and you realize that this person you've been with is a lying fuck. Yeah. Like, I just can't even imagine. Right. I mean, and shit. Like, this isn't just a little lie either, you know? Like, it would have been different if you, if it would have been like, oh, yeah, we're still married, but, you know, where the divorce process is going on and, you know, the kid, it's taking longer, like, because of the custody of the kids or something. Right. Not, not, no, I'm still happily married, supposedly, to a woman that I'm still living with for 20 plus years and have two children that I'm trying to raise and. God damn. Right? Finally, ballistics determined a gun and ammunition belonging to Jim was consistent with the slug and weapon used to kill Molly. However, there was no DNA evidence on the gun that matched Molly Watson and no DNA belonging to Jim Addy on the t-shirt. Uh, I don't care. Like- so, like... I can see where this is going to go. The, the defense is going to be like, well, obviously he had an affair with her. He let her borrow it. Right. Or there's the whole, well, you know, we gave that shirt to Goodwill because it didn't fit anymore. Right. But uh, I'm I like. That's too much of a coincidence, though. It is. But, I mean, it's a plausible coincidence. 
it would probably be more plausible to say that he let Molly borrow it, but then you have a witness that says the man next to her was wearing it. Right. So I don't know. Melanie Addy filed for divorce a week after Jim's arrest. She later told the press that, quote, he was a pretty selfish person. He could be controlling and intimidating. It could be challenging. It just seems like he, something he would do to fix a problem, end quote. And she was referring to the murder. Jesus. Like, right? And that's your wife of 20-something years telling, like, good for her, though. Like, yeah. instantly being like, nope, fuck you. Like, nope, this is no longer my problem. And you are no longer, like, part of this life. Right. She implies that she believes that her now ex-husband is guilty, despite his insistence that he is innocent of murder. His daughter has also stated that she believes in her father's guilt. Nearly three years to the day after Molly's murder, Jim Addy finally stood trial. On the first day of testimony, April 26, 2021, both sides shared opening statements. Jim's defense focused on the fact that adultery does not prove murder. That's true. Like we've had, this has been brought up in past cases that we've covered where, you know, that can't be the sole reason for murder. Right. The jury saw the photos of Molly's body. They heard the 911 call from the person who found her. Photos were shown that included all the wedding supplies Molly had in her home, her wedding gowns, everything that she had prepared. This evidence demonstrated how much Molly was looking forward to being Jim's bride. What a piece of shit. Yeah. On the second day of the trial, Melanie Addy took the stand against her ex-husband. She testified that she had no idea about Jim and Molly's relationship. Emma Addy, his daughter, provided testimony that her father was not home between 7 p.m. and 10 p.m. when Molly was killed. Jim had previously told police that he was home at 7 p.m. and spoke to Molly on the phone for about a half an hour. He did, in fact, talk to Molly between 7 and 8 p.m. the night of the murder, and it was the last call Molly ever had. Emma also testified about the T-shirt, tying it directly to her father. However, the defense said, given the affair, doesn't really prove anything other than his mistress was in possession of his t-shirt. That had her blood all over it. I don't know. I guess, that, like I said, maybe he left it or let her borrow it or something is kind of what the defense was going at. The wedding planner testified that Molly explained that Jim's former wife, Melanie, had died shortly before the wedding as a result of an automobile accident. That is what Molly told her. Melanie, however, was obviously very much alive. The data from Molly's phone showed she was on the phone with Jim when she drove to the spot where her body was found. The ballistics evidence was also presented, attempting to connect the 22 caliber projectile found in Watson's head with Addie's gun and ammo. Like... <sighs> At first, I was like, this is very circumstantial. But when you look at those phone records, that's kind of what does it for me. Right. And that's when he left and told his daughter he was going to go see a friend. Right. And I'm sure he had his cell, like, 
I'm surprised they didn't take because this was in what 2011 you said 2018 the murder yes and trial was 2021 right. so, I mean there's you can get GPS data from phones and if like and be like hey her phone was well, right here yeah that's how they know right here. that's how they know that she was driving right but to you could that also spot. and not unless he left his phone at home well which phone <laughs> true well it doesn't matter though either one because if right. Either phone is paint, like showing his location at being right next to her phone. Yeah. Finally, two former jail inmates testified that they had asked Jim why his bail was so high while he was awaiting trial, to which they allege he said, quote, I put someone face down in a ditch, end quote. You know my thoughts on jailhouse testimony. Yeah, take it with a grain of salt, like grain of salt. Right. Well, and I, even if he said that, I can see somebody that's like a middle-aged white guy, especially a former corrections officer, wanting to like... Show that he's a tough guy. Exactly. On the third day of trial, a firearms examiner testified that the ammo from Jim Addy's home was consistent with the ammo that would have been in an empty ammo box found near the scene of the crime. Experts testified that the tire tracks at the scene were consistent with Jim Addy's vehicle. The medical examiner explained the cause of death as, quote, a contact gunshot wound to the back of the head, end quote. With that, the state rested its case. The defense rested without putting on a defense. And Jim Addy declined to testify. Well, there's going to be appeal for improper counsel or whatever it's called. Right. I just, I don't understand that. No, like. Except I did hear in one case that I was researching that the defense will do things so that even if they lose, there might be a grounds for an appeal. Right. Like a good defense attorney will think like that, but. Maybe to give them more time to get a better defense. I still think, though, that there was enough. I mean, I would have found him guilty, but a good defense could have been made to against that. There are things that you could poke holes in there. Exactly. You know, so it's just it's strange to me. But I'm like the cell phone data is the key thing. But yeah. like, the bullet, like the ballistics of the bullet. The tire tracks, like you're starting to like tie everything together and it's, it's not a nice, neat package, but it is a package that's wrapped by at least a toddler. Exactly. You know, like there's enough there where it's plausible that anybody could be like, we're connecting the dots and making a star out of this. I mean, I would have found it guilty, but right on April 29th, 2021, three years to the day after Molly's or what would have been Molly and Jim's wedding day. So exactly three years later, each side made their closing arguments. The defense insisted there was not enough evidence to link Jim Addy to the crime saying, quote, your doubts are reasonable that James did not kill Molly. End quote. The prosecution suggested that quote, James Addy threw Molly away like a piece of garbage. End quote suggesting his motive was to cover up his secret double life. The prosecution presented the theory that Molly had learned the truth about Jim's marriage to Melanie 
after she tried to search for the obituary and could not find it. Once she confronted him, he shot her in the head as he had chosen his wife over his fiance. Bastard. Right? What a bastard. I think she found out. Oh, yeah. And then. And maybe he was planning to kill Melanie, but then she found out first. Right. I mean, I don't know. Like, um, I don't know. Like, th- I don't know what his. Like, there had to be somebody dead in his endgame. Right. Like, you're saying, oh, my wife was dead. I think that was the plan. And then I think Molly figured uh, it out. And so he had to change the plan. Jesus Christ. On the very day that Jim and Molly would have celebrated their third wedding anniversary, had they actually been married, even though it wouldn't have been legal, the jury found Jim guilty of first-degree murder and armed criminal action. Jim was sentenced to life without parole for the first-degree murder charge, plus 20 years for armed criminal action. He continues to claim his innocence and plans to appeal his conviction. The prosecutor gave a statement following the sentencing in which he said, quote, Justice has been served today. James Addy will never be released from prison in the state of Missouri. His actions destroyed two families, the family of his victim, Molly Watson, and his own. While nothing can bring Miss Watson back to her family who loved her very much, society can send the strong message that violent crime will not be tolerated. Murderers will face prosecution and justice, end quote. Well, I mean, I feel sorry for Molly's family. Right. Like, at the brothers especially, like, they were telling her, like, he's bad news. Like, you need to fucking drop him like a bad habit. And then they're just, like, that's got away on you a little bit, being like, could I have persuaded her more? Right. You know, what could I have done to make her realize? Yeah. You know? And, God, I couldn't imagine that shit. During victim impact statements, Molly's son said, quote, you took one of the most important people in my life away from me. She was an amazing, smart, beautiful person, end quote. How old was her son? Um, Teenager? He was probably like 12-ish. Okay. Her brother explained that his parents, by the time the trial happened, had suffered unimaginable heartbreak after losing Molly, and that led to his mother having a complete psychological breakdown, which ultimately led to her death. Jesus Christ. The stress of caring for his wife caused Molly's father to also pass away before justice was served for Molly. That's fucking... Like, and this is another one of those stories where the people don't realize that you might be just taking one life, but you're ruining countless others right and really you're responsible for three deaths yes tim believes his parents would still be alive if it wasn't for james addy tim described his sister as his best friend and that he will forever miss her molly watson loved wholeheartedly and maybe even blindly she trusted easily falling madly in love with a con artist with the wedding fast approaching And Molly becoming suspicious, Jim acted in cowardly fashion by ending her young life instead of simply fessing up in the relationship. I mean, he could have even done that, even if he didn't want to tell her the truth. Just be like, I changed my mind. Right. This is over. But if she found out, like, you know that she's going to tell. Yeah, I think that's I think that's 100 percent why, you know, 
and what what you know in retrospect has has he done this before he had to have been planning to kill his wife or yeah there's no way like because there's no there's no fucking way like that that would have been anywhere kosher right you know like i don't know how he snuck it her like Molly into the house for her to bring her shit up to the attic without anybody fucking knowing. Right. But good God, man. Like that. I'm sure there had to have been family pictures or something on the wall. Like I mean, he, he pla- had to it, have been very thoughtful. It seems like he planned this like out, out. So I'm sure he probably, like if there was family pictures, nothing with his book, but then you could easily, you know, could you could easily, easily be s- like, those are up for the kids' sake. Right. You know, oh, no, that's, yeah, that's my wife. What but- about all her belongings? And because they were supposedly divorced. Like, I just. No, I get it. I get it. Yeah, I just don't know how he got away with that. No. Oh, God. I don't know. And, yeah, just to be uh, his ex-wife, knowing that. Like it, like it, our theory, which I think a lot of people would go with, like that could have been, or that shit was probably going to be me. Right. Molly just got smart. Perhaps he wanted to ensure his wife and children never knew about that affair and all his lies. And that's a possibility too. Maybe he really didn't think it through enough to think about how he would marry Molly and like, Get rid of even his if ex. even if his wife died, if he had killed her or something, how does he explain his new wife all of a sudden? So maybe he was just thinking, I got to do something. You know, maybe he agreed to marriage to make her happy, and then figured he had to back out somehow. God damn, though, what a fucking piece of shit! Right? Like this has been like this is one that's kind of gave me some rage, and it's just like. God, I'm so angry, but I don't know how, what to say. And like, because it's just so fucked up. It's like a lifetime movie for real. The case was closed in 2021. Yeah. 2024. There'll be a lifetime movie about it. Well, chances are there'll be an appeal soon. Ultimately, Wait. Jim Addy's double life destroyed everybody around him. And his self. Um, yeah. The interesting thing is, is that I cannot find him in the Missouri Department of Corrections database. Well, because my assumption a- is because he was a corrections officer. Yeah, and so they're some kind of protective custody with him. I'm sure he might even be out of state. Right. You know. God. Yeah. So that is. And I don't know the like, story of Molly Watson's murder. I just I wouldn't I I guarantee that there's going to be an appeal for the defense not giving any kind of defense and being like, nope, you've got to prove it. Right. Which I, they fucking did. I'm sorry. There's more than enough evidence that points his direction to be like, I'm 99% plausible. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. So next week we have a special week for you. If you are a Patreon supporter, you will get the last Patreon exclusive episode of season four. And the very next day, we will have our season four finale. Season four finale is going to be a good one. 
It is full of twists and turns, and I'm going to see if I can make Chris speechless again. Or get me pissed off enough again. Probably both. Probably I want to see if you can figure it out before I get there. And that's why I purposely did not put anything in the title about who was killed or by whom. Okay. Because I want to see if you guys can figure it out. Season four and see if Chris has learned anything. Yeah. God, maybe I have. I've been watching that Mindhunters. Yeah. He's kind of obsessed with John Douglas and Mindhunter now. Well, I've been obsessed with John Douglas before that. Yeah. But... And it really sucks that Mindhunters is only two seasons. I stopped watching it at like season two, episode three, just so I don't like binge all of it and be completely disappointed. Right. Um, if you guys want any information on any of the cases that we do, especially this one, go to the MidwestCrimeFiles.com. You can see the blog post. And at that blog post is a list of all the references that we use or that Gina used to write this story. You can, you can also, become a Patreon yeah. while you're there. Yep, or just click in the description of this episode and you'll find our support uh, button. You can click on that and you can become a Patreon member for as little as $1 a month up to whatever you want to do. Or you can do one-time donations if you don't feel like donating. And a special thank you to all the Patreons in August. Your donations will all be made to Carl's Helping Hands in support of disabled people. Yep, um, we appreciate so you guys that for that. Get the care and help that they need. And sometime soon, we will have a Facebook Live, I promise. And when we have that Facebook Live, we're going to talk about what's coming up in Season 5. Because yep. I'm already writing. Yeah, Gina, I think she said the first episode is probably going to be an hour and a half. Probably yeah. closer to two. Yeah. It's a really long episode. So, just look, look forward to that. And we will see you guys next week for our last episode. Bye! <laughs>